Welcome to Parenting Today's Teens, a daily podcast that provides stories, insights, and wisdom to help you gain a deeper relationship with your teen. On today's episode, Mark Grigston and Wayne Shepard talk about how to parent your teen with grace. Grace is getting something you don't deserve. Mm-hmm. Mercy is not getting something you do deserve. There is a difference. Yeah, and so people go, well, grace, that means that I ignore, I forget, I act like something never happened, I just don't pay any attention to it, I'm going to let this one go, uh, we're not going to do anything about this, we're going to let it slide. That's not grace. That's that's bad parenting. I mean, it's because grace is is saying you're going to continue to get my relationship when you have done everything to push me away and give me reason to not want to be close to you. There is something about moving toward a child when they've done something wrong, you know, that that says I can love you in spite of your actions. There's nothing you can do to make me love you more. There's nothing you can do to make me love you less. That is grace. Grace is not just forgetting about things. I, th- I think a grace-filled family is one that allows consequences to happen. Grace in this instant has everything to do with our relationship with our child. Mark, now that we know what it means, how do we go about doing it? <laughs> it's hard. Let me tell you this. You know, I, I think we get this idea that grace is going to be an easy thing. And I tell people all the time that that, that grace, if it's easy, is not really grace mm-hmm. because it's, it's very difficult. It's difficult as a human being to move toward somebody who has offended you. Scripture says, like the barred gates of the citadel is one who has offended the other. So if somebody's offended me and done everything to push me away, and and my body is screaming inside of me saying, walk away from that person, don't have anything to do with them. And you, every listener knows what I'm talking about. These are the people you avoid when you <laughs> see walking your way. You walk the other way at church, you're, yeah. in a, you're in a grocery store, and you go, I don't want to be on the same aisle with them. I, I think I'll wait in the car a little bit longer till they're gone, <laughs> you know, because they've offended you in some way. They've done something wrong against you. And, and what grace does is say, I'm going to move toward you relationally, even though you've wronged me just like our Heavenly Father does with us. Now, how do you do that? Well, I believe it's the Holy Spirit inside of us that gives us the opportunity to love differently. And if I can love with God's unconditional love, that's the only way that I can do that. And I've got to tell you, it is not easy. It is not easy. I I mean, I live with 60 high school kids. They're always doing something wrong. And I've got to tell you, it hurts every time they do something wrong. But I'm saying to them, I'm not going to let that get in the way of a relationship. Now, I mean, I've had kids steal my car. I've had them knock out windows. I've had them throw rocks through my windows at my home. I've had them kick my dog. I mean, they have broken things. They've torn things up. There's every reason for me to say I'm going to walk away from that child. For me, it's God saying, you need to move toward that child. That's when you offer a sense of grace and move toward them in love, speaking the truth. That's right. It, it it's not it's not yelling and screaming and swinging. You know, I mean, it is it is moving toward them, speaking the truth. I still allow consequences to happen, 
but I just don't let it get in the way of the relationship. Let's say it's like this. Your son just came home and got a ticket for speeding through a school zone. He was going 50 in a 25, and he just got a ticket for $300. Now, I can get mad about that, everything else. I, You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to keep moving toward him relationally. Even mm-hmm. though I think what he did was ridiculous, it was inappropriate, it was a poor decision, it was awful. I've taught him a million times not to do that. Even though I may not feel like talking That's right. to him. I'm still going to move toward him. Right. And I, and, and I allow the consequences to have their full effect. Mercy would be not allowing him to have consequences. But if I do that, then I'm not helping him. Mm-hmm. Then I'm, I'm doing something to make me feel better. Yeah, there's no lesson there. That's right. And so I, I want to move toward them relationally, but let them have the full consequences. So quite honestly, I can laugh a little bit about that school zone thing. Going, <laughs> How are you going to pay for a $300 ticket? That is amazing. I'm moving toward them relationally. This isn't about me. He didn't run, you know, through a school zone to get back at me for something. He did it because it was a mistake. It was a poor decision, or it's just irresponsibility. So when grace is applied appropriately uh, and consequences are still a result, I mean, then they learn something. Well, they learn something, and they learn that they need to stop doing that. But but they know that whatever they do, it's not going to change my relationship with them. So important. Wow. Well, yeah, because I think kids get this feeling early on in, in life, in their preteen years, that if they do something wrong, they get into trouble. So mm-hmm. that must mean that mom and dad are mad at me and they don't love me anymore. <laughs> they move into the teen years. Now they're thinking abstractly. So it's a little bit different than that concrete thinking where it was just understood that that's how it was. They think differently. And so when you move towards somebody who has wronged you, you are loving them in a way that they've never been loved before because they're used to always getting in trouble and feeling like somebody's mad at them. When I did something wrong, at, you know, to wherever it was, and I got into trouble, I felt like my dad hated me during the preteen years. This is a shift in the way you engage with a child. What this does is say... I'm not I, I, I'm not going to walk away from the relationship, but there are consequences, and the consequences are going to be great. It's loving them in spite of the behavior. Every parent thinks they're ready. You made it through the first 12 years, after all. But then your child becomes a teenager, and all of a sudden, it's like the parenting rules changed, and nobody told you what they are. Your kids completely change their interests, hobbies, appearance, vocabulary, and even their priorities and values. Some parents try to power through, continuing to parent their 16-year-old the same way they parented their 12-year-old. That plan is doomed to failure. Your child is too valuable to fail them now. That's why Mark Gregson wrote Tough Guys and Drama Queens, to help parents understand the changing world of today's teens and how parents can meet the unique challenges facing their children this day and age. Tough Guys and Drama Queens is both a hard-hitting look at what makes modern teens different from any generation that's come before, and practical advice to help parents overcome today's hurdles and retain a relationship with their teens that will last into their adult years. With spiritual truth, practical insights, and proven techniques, Tough Guys and Drama Queens is a book that belongs in every parent's library. Get your copy at parentingteenresources.org. Do 
you think we need to explain when we're showing grace to our kids, explain what we're doing and why we're doing it? No. I, you know, I, I don't know whether we are ones that always have to be telling them, well, this is grace, and you need to understand that just like your Heavenly Father gives us grace. I think we, That's preaching, huh? I think we ruin the opportunity, because I, what I want is a child to, to, to now learn by example of what they see. Wisdom is gained through observation, reflection, and experience. So what are they experiencing? What are they thinking about when I move toward them, when I've traditionally always kind of walked away from them because they felt like I was mad all the time? Yeah. It's different. It's now different. They're going, wait a minute, I'm loved in spite of my actions. And at the core of everybody, it's it's not only knowing that you're loved when you do well. I want people to love me when I'm not doing sure. well. That's when I feel it differently. So it makes them want to do better if they're well, shown grace? Well, they learn that it's not about love. They learn that what they're doing is all about responsibility. Uh-huh. So grace is giving the opportunity to do that. You know, I mean, I, I, I think there's just something about engaging with people that they know that that they can't lose the relationship, that it gives you freedom within the relationship. That's why a child can talk to a parent and say, you know, I did this wrong, or I wasn't doing this correctly, or I cheated, or I lied, I've been deceitful, is because they know that they can maintain the relationship. I think most of the reasons that kids lie, if they're not a pathological liar, is because they're afraid they're going to lose relationship with parents if they get caught. Mm -hmm. That's a childish response. It's also a childish attitude for a parent to take. I want a child to know, you can tell me whatever you want. There's still consequences. But I'm going to love you regardless. I've always been encouraged by the the phrase that says uh, God loves us just the way we are, but He loves us too much to leave us there. Yeah, I don't know where that came from. Maybe it came from you, Mark. I don't know. But that that's grace, isn't it? If it sounds good, it must have come from me. Okay. But <laughs> no. But I mean, but there is something about that, you know. That I I think the example that we set for a child to let them know that they are loved even in the midst of their mistakes gives them hope that they can get through something. Because I think at the core of every child is they want to be loved. Exactly. And they want to do the right thing. They do want to do the right thing. They just don't know how. And so we expect kids to know how to do things. And I'm going, they don't. Maybe we haven't taught them. We're in a wonderful position with the kids that are at Heartlight that come to us because they're all messed up by the time they get here. And we love them anyway. And so what that does is love them at their worst. And so when we love them at their worst, then behavior doesn't become an issue. It's more about relationship. And you and I know this. Everybody knows this, that kids change because of relationship, mm-hmm. not because not because of consequences. Talking about parenting with grace today, Mark, let me pose this question to you, which comes from a parent who you listens. Bet. It's becoming harder to give my child something she doesn't deserve because she is so demanding and self-centered. How do I offer grace to a teen who believes she's entitled to it? <laughs> you keep doing it. Oh. You know what? It's almost saying, you know, I'm not going to let a child determine what grace looks like. Grace is moving towards me. Whether she responds or not, over time she will. Now, I, But I make sure that kids hear this from me as well. I tell them all the time, I want you to know that I owe you nothing but I want to give you everything. Hmm. So, I mean, that's a completely separate deal that's getting mixed up in grace in this question. But I go, that's a message I tell kids all the time. Whenever they see me, spend time with me, whatever I do with it, I don't have to do any of it. I want to do all of it, though. And so the same way with giving them things, all of that, I don't have to. I want to. 
But if they're disrespectful, dishonest, and are confused and become demanding and have a sense of entitlement, they're not getting anything. Yeah. Okay, now let's talk about grace. When you look at a child who is demanding and self-centered, I'm going to keep moving toward them and love them through it, even though I want to walk away. I, I mean, <laughs> a child is obnoxious when they're self-centered and, and demanding. You don't want to be around them. No way. Grace is moving toward them. That's why it's an excellent question, because when the rubber meets the road, when, when I am put out and feeling that I can't love this kid anymore because they're driving me crazy— but you do it anyway. Yeah, it's about them, not about us. That's right. And you so you move toward them. And so that's where I would tell, you know, this parent, how do you offer it? You keep offering it. But you may need to have another message on the other side that says, I am not going to be just giving you everything all the time. See what I mean? Because yep. we, we get grace mixed up with yeah. giving somebody something or relieving them of some pressure. That's where we get those words, grace and mercy, mixed up. Maybe we can take this to the Lord in prayer, too, uh, well, yeah, that we would bit. act in a graceful way when we don't feel like well, it. Well, yeah, we, I think that's all of it. I mean, it's because there's a part of me. I know I need to be graceful, but I there's nothing inside of me that really feels good about so, it. So spirit has got to be you working through me. That's right. Because if it feels good, it's not grace. Mm-hmm. How about a couple of other thoughts about uh, extending grace to our teens? Well, you know, I, I think there's some practical ways that you can do that. And one is to remind your teen that there's nothing that can change your love for them. Write that down somewhere. I, I, it becomes important for a child to understand that embrace the offender even as he suffers consequences. When a child gets kicked out of school or you ground a child for a month and they can't do anything, Go out and eat one day a week. You have them as a captive audience. They'll love the opportunity to spend with you. To have a kid just sit in a room, we're not doing anything. We're seeking justice. What I want to do is seek an opportunity that I can pour into a child and move toward them. I'm not looking for more ways to punish a child you know, for doing something wrong. I want them to know that even in the midst of your consequence, you can't be with friends, you've lost your phone for the next 10 years, I'm not going to let you date till you're 40 years old. Whatever it is that I've (laughs) placed on them, I still want to move toward them in a way. And if they continue to make mistakes? Well, you respond to them with a sense of gentleness. I mean, but there's got to be consequences for those mistakes. I mean, you get it off the table where I am the one that's getting them in trouble. I want this child to know you're getting yourself into trouble because you're violating the rules that we've all agreed to. So this is about you. It's not about me. I can still love them. And then it's moving to forgive. Yes. And forgiveness is giving up hope that you're ever going to have a better past. Engage in the relationship even when you have every right to disengage. Thanks for listening to Parenting Today's Teens. For more information, visit parentingtodaysteens.org. And to learn more about Heartlight, visit heartlightministries.org. If this podcast has been helpful in your life and family, please share it or give us a quick rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Of course, you can listen to Parenting Today's Teens wherever you listen to podcasts. Join us tomorrow for another great episode. We'll talk to you then.